hope the future generations can get this urge stay woke young and, and avenge these nerds uh. welcome back to another episode of nerds with rounds guys your host sebastian it's your boy law and your boy tone from across the hall we have another great, awesome creative series for you guys um, this time around because we're going to get her name right because I'm going to pick on George right now. George, if you listen to this, we love you, but I'm going to pick on you. We have the awesome Chandra Free. Chandra, what's up? Well <laughs> done. It, it was a quick <laughs> second. I didn't believe it. It was yep. a quick second. I wasn't sure. I was about to take bets. Yeah, he's, so he's, 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 got a, he's got a track record of really butchering names. And we're like, dude, it's okay if it's a fantasy name because they don't exist. <laughs> But real people, you know, we got to get that shit right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, a real, a real genuine concerted <laughs> effort was made right just now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that actually melts my heart. My name has bastardized my entire life. Yeah. Aww. No, and I, I love how you talk. You're like, yeah, you know, like Chan, like, like Jackie Chan. I'm like, that's so easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Just call me Chan. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's get familiar here. <laughs> yeah. Chandra, I love it. We want to deep dive into who you are as a creator. So we want to know what influenced you to get into the world of comics, what made you want to create stories, and what also um, was the origin story for the name Spooky Chan? Oh, I want to okay. jump in that. <laughs> That's a good question. I haven't had that one yet. Um, so... Uh, um, masochism, that's why I'm in the comics, obviously. <laughs> um, We're already off to a great start, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it really stems uh, to my uh, beginning years, like, as a little girl. Like, wanting to tell stories, wanting to draw. Like, I was already drawing, I was, you know. My mom says, before I could walk, I could draw, blah, 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 whatever, mom. <laughs> you know? And so, I already had this whole envision I was going to be an animator, and I was going to, like, design characters and do all this and that. And it's like, oh, but you have to do in-between drawings, and you have to really work up to that. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, like in fifth grade when I decided like that was too much work. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't until like high school, like I was uh, from middle school to high school, I was already drawing my own comics and also in elementary to middle school where me and my cousin, Lindsay Sebos were doing um, fan comics. So on this, the 30th birthday of Sonic the Hedgehog, we were doing Sonic the Hedgehog comics in the 90s okay before <laughs> <laughs> nice. it was cool before <laughs> it was cool it's like we we got the sega bug um and we were just like doing our fan comics we we're doing disney we were doing like you know animaniacs gargoyles whatever like we we're drawing everything Mm-hmm. And so I'd always be, I was always drawing my own stuff too. And I started coming up with my own characters and coming up with my own little comics that I'd do for myself. But when it came time, like in high school, like, well, what do you want to go to school for? I'm like, fuck if I know. I like, I want to do art. <laughs> it's like, can I do, like, what, what is, like, there's like, there's graphic art. And I'm like, I don't. That doesn't sound right. There's illustrations. Like, wait, there's a distinction between the two? I want to do illustration. I want to do comics. Like, at some, like, Eureka moment, it's like, comics. That's it. That's where I want to go. College didn't help with that, but it did give me a foundation in art. I didn't finish college for all 
those who want to know that if you can make it in this industry without college education, yes, but it does help. I was almost done with it. Um, I had six courses to go, and that's a whole nother long story. <laughs> of, like, I don't even want to talk about it. It's bad. Cool. It's bad. No <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> college is a bad story. But I got what I needed from college, and I was propelled into the world of comics by being seen by a couple of people. Like, I sent some fan art to Serena Valentino, and she's like, oh, would you like to do comics with me? I'm like, holy shit, yeah, I would love to do comics with you. She was uh, at SLG uh, back in the day, uh, mid-2000s with Gloom Cookie, and she wanted to see if I would be on her, her next project. And that didn't quite work out, but it caught the eye of Drew Brouch and his wife, uh, Jocelyn Gajway. And I was brought in as a colorist for their book, Sullen Gray. Okay. And all while that was going on, I pitched my own book, The God Machine, in 2007. Actually got some bites, found a publisher, and my career in comics took off from there. I don't know why I am in comics because I hate it, but you know, that's a <laughs> yeah, b- back to that masochism comment from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, all seriousness, I love comics because it gets, it's a way to tell your stories, your truths, your, you know, express yourself artistically and everything else in between. And there's no medium like it. It's just the problem is like the industry, some of the people in it, and just like, just, it's also a lot of work. And that's, that's really difficult to put yourself through and not make that much money at the end of the day. So you want to know about Spooky Chan? Yes, it's yes. Not that, it's not that clever, but it's cool. <laughs> it's, it sticks. I mean, you know, it's it sticks. It's a great handle. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, it was about 2001, 2002. I was trying to come up with a good, like, handle, a good, like, name that I could use everywhere. And it's like, well, my nickname is Chan, and I'm pretty spooky. So what about Spooky Chan? And it's like, it sounds like a Japanese uh, honorific kind of thing, but I'm not a weeboo, but I am, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, like, I'm, I'm the Spooky Chan. And like that, like, I got SpookyChan.com. I got at Spooky Chan almost everywhere. Like, it just made so much sense. Like, it, like it's that's me. I'm describing myself. I'm spooky. But I'm... Nice really nice <laughs> <laughs> you got you got it unlocked so was was that uh when you used that handle for the first time was that you creating your deviant art account um i don't know if it was exactly my deviant art account but that was one of them it's, i think okay. 2001 i low-key want to take a guess and say it was <laughs> aim <laughs> well aim was like angel chan zero oh i was close, oh, okay. I was close. Was close. it, it had to be one of those things <laughs> Uh, on MSN Messenger, it was Ooh, I was so some, close. Oh. Some asshole beat me out to that one. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Oh man! MSN Messenger. Oh my I think, goodness! I think, I think it's all showing here now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, dark times! How, how old are we again? <laughs> how old oh, are we all? Oh, <laughs> we're all twenty-five here. Okay, that's just being real. Yeah, 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 I love yeah. it. I'm not turning forty this year at all. <laughs> oh. No, absolutely not no oh man that's i'm gonna that's turn amazing. 26 it's <laughs> i love and the hair flip absolutely yes I'm here for it. 
Well, we, we want to congratulate you on God Machine Volume 1 Revision. You did uh, recently a Kickstarter that um, blew away everything, got it fully funded. It's out there. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't even it's we can't even, even we can't even just say fully funded. You had a goal of twenty four thousand. You hit twenty nine thousand, almost at thirty. That was twenty one percent over your goal. Fucking congratulations! Yes, that's, absolutely. That's the biggest. That's the biggest Kickstarter person we've had on our show. That's an amazing <laughs> pledge. All these people love your work. They want to, you know, either they've read the God Machine and want to reread it again. You have all these new fans that are just joining you for the first time. Fucking amazing! Congrats. Thank you. I yes. appreciate that. It was um, it was not an easy campaign. Mm-hmm. And also some days it seemed very bleak and sad. <laughs> but I mean, that's Kickstarter, right? Right. Yeah. But I mean, we um, spent months. And when I say we, me and uh, my partner, uh, Stephen Emond, uh, both like put uh, forth a lot of effort to make this campaign as strong as it was. If it wasn't for him, I... Shout out to the God. promo video you guys made. That promo video on the Kickstarter is so fucking good yeah it is i love i love when you're in the in the snow buy my cop it's so good all of it thank you the narration the character design it's like i honestly was like so we're getting an animated series at some point right like i I, I, I have no idea what the comic looks like i have no idea what anything is inside other than what we've seen but i'm like can we just get these characters and Um, these characters and you and like we want like an actual you to be like the god voice narrator and just like (laughs) narrate the whole the whole story that'd be amazing so 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 for the newbies out there tell us uh, more about the god machine what is the the story to stay the the quick um, elevator pitch about it okay. for all of us newbies. So God Machine is about a story about a young man named Guy Salvador who's going through a really difficult time. His girlfriend just recently died. And now he's starting to see monsters and things. And he's questioning, well, what's real? What's not? Until one night, a mysterious man comes to him, tells him that his girlfriend is actually still alive, floating in and out of what is known as the dream worlds. And that guy is the only one who can go and save her. It's the go- God's monsters teen angst humor and everything in between and it's just the beginning of a larger story nice i I know so i know from the promo and i don't don't know if it's like if that was like really accurate but it showed they showed they showed that you're working on other titles i think they showed a cover for volume two and they showed blank book covers for three and four so are you looking to get it to four are you looking to expand it past four volumes past four okay uh, the idea is, um, about 10 to 13 volumes in total. Nice. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I hope that I live to be that. <laughs> 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 I want to finish my story at some point, you know, like it, it's all about making this all make sense too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because now self-publishing, well, publishing through my publisher, my publishing company, there we go. Machina Corpse. Um, Things you gotta get used to saying, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. Um, it, but it's like, um, this is all brand new to us. Like, this is our first big book that we're doing. Um, we did a little mini comic. Now we're doing this. And that's a big, it's a bigger step because, you know, um, uh, Eric Larson says not to call them floppies, but for better lack of word, floppy. <laughs> um 
So we did a floppy that was like about 36 pages. It was called First Offerings. And it featured me and Steve's uh, artwork and comics and stuff like that that we did collectively together. And mm -hmm. you can find uh, a more extended version on our Gumroad on Machina Corpse. I think it's like gumroad.com slash Machina Corpse. Um, you can pick up a copy of that for $5. Um, but um, it has like some goofy comics that weren't featured in the original one, which is Drac and Floppy, which I love. Dracula and Floppy. It's basically Dracula talking to his roommate, which is a rabbit that says nothing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's so That's weird. <laughs> it's just basically Dracula ranting about bullshit and like uh, there's one where he's uh snorting up coke and he's making an ikea furniture oh, oh man <laughs> i love it i love like like this is not your typical uh no. dracula who will glamour someone to build this ikea furniture from task no he's he's had a rough day it's a random <laughs> night you gotta take bumps of coke and put up it and, and read and you know you gotta make that sunlit yeah <laughs> i think it's called sunlit or something like yeah. that so <laughs> does it doesn't have the tools, so he's using that stupid piece of yeah, shit tool that comes with it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, please yeah. tell me at some point he loses it and spends like half the comic going, "Where well, the fuck did I put it down?" It's one page comic, and it's boom, boom, boom. Oh, oh that's amazing! I want, I want more. I already want more. I already want more. That's great. Maybe I love we'll it. A, a Dracula and Flopping comic. That's amazing. Yeah, I love taking like when you, you know taking existing characters and just putting mm -hmm. them in situations that you're not even thinking of. So you're just flipping the, you know, the cannon on its, on its head, on its ass. Just like, I'm just sure. taking this name character that's there and m making them live life. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, Dracula's living his best life. Uh, uh, <laughs> doing bumps of <laughs> <laughs> Tony Montana. With, that's with, it. The, with the funny roommate. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, furniture. There's other things in there too, but it's like, yeah, we have fun. We have yeah. fun, and also Dracula is now a uh, public domain, I believe. Yeah, so yeah. You can do whatever domain. you want. Yep, that's but good like, times. Um, so, going back to the God Machine, um, so there's a lot of new stuff, um, painfully so, <laughs> to myself. Like I'm like I still have a couple of things that I need to finish up for the book as of this recording uh hopefully it'll be completed um what <laughs> how, i need to finish how far, how far back was the first iteration to this one like is it like 20 years in between the first iteration of this one or like the original book came out 2010 right it was under um archaea studio oh, okay. yeah so this is me adding new content to it to freshen it up and also clean up some of the language because it was like the 2000s when i wrote this like you know mm -hmm. it was a era shock humor and you know inappropriateness and stuff like that so i'm i'm toning that down making it appropriate doing all the little things like because this is my first book that i ever put out mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. when it got published by archaea like that's my first baby it's all me i had no editor on my ass to tell me don't do that and I did whatever the hell I wanted to do. And now it's like, okay, let's make this a better book, a better product, a better thing. Like I've, I've rewrote the entire book. Um, so it's going to feature new dialogue, new, new text and letters by Taylor Esposito. Um, he's going to be doing my lettering. I originally did the lettering, but I think we can do better than that. 
because it's not my specialty, you know. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I did good, but we can make no, it. No, you, you, you yeah. got Taylor. That's it. You got the the. Uh, we're gonna call him the like, master you know, chief of it's uh, it, letters. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, a game recognizes game, and you want to have someone you know to, yeah, to right. get the most out of your out of your piece. Yeah, yeah, so, and um, we also got Phil Ballsman to do the uh, logo, the new logo for the the book, which looks fantastic. Oh my god. Ugh. I love that logo. Yeah. Like my my other janky logo with my ex-husband was okay. <laughs> but this is better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it it is it is definitely it is definitely better. It it looks cool too. I love how it's like more centered and machine goes around like God and God is yeah. front and center where in the original iteration machine yeah. is the big piece and God right. is just kind of like a subtext. Right. Yeah. So and we gotta have, represent those gods there. Yeah, yes, <laughs> indeed. So I have to ask because um this has been a long road getting this book out because it said again, it was originally published in twenty ten under Archaea. Um yeah. and then you now have um Machina Corpse, which is your company, your publishing company. So mm-hmm. what are some of the lessons that you learned from going from Archaea to now with um Machina Corpse, your company, um, getting this book out there? What's some of the um advice that you would like to give to those who are looking to self-publish and get their books out there um, and what they should look for. And following up with that one, after you're done with that question, what led to the creation of Machinima Corps? So take it away. (laughs) All right. So self-publishing is a hard road. It's incredibly hard. It's um, it takes money. So therefore Kickstarter helps, uh, fund the costs of like printing a book, finding a printer, finding somebody who can be your kind of guide through it. Like right now we're using um, print lore out of Chicago and Mm -hmm. they're kind of like a printer broker and they go between like all the different printers and talk to them for you. Now I could directly talk to them, but since this is my first project, I wanted to like have somebody to, kind of handhold a little bit like this is the paper quality this is what you're going to need this is like the shipping this is the the, 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 you know and of course like we're doing overseas i'm not sure exactly where we're going with like if it's china or like korea or whatever um i'm gonna assume it's china but like if you want to get something within the states if you're state bound um you're going to be paying so much extra like a lot more. And uh, we did that for our first uh, first little floppy book. I hate <laughs> using the word floppy, but whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but we used it for first offerings and it came out gorgeous and wonderful. We did Mixam uh, for that, but it was really expensive and we did kickstart that as well. Um, and as gorgeous as it was, as cool as it was to support, you know, you know, United States people, um, it just doesn't make sense if you want to get a large print run. And so when you're doing this stuff, you have to consider that, like, is, are you okay with doing stuff like that? Like, I'm, I'm half okay with it because I want to support, like, you know, people here but the thing is i can't afford to support people here i'm you know broke and i'm trying to make a living i'm trying to do this and that and like how we got the book printed you know other costs that we considered was the isbn 
uh, you know, to get it, like if we want to get into stores, we have that information. We can get it categorized in like libraries and things like that. Um, there's also paying tailor, you know, that kind of thing, paying fill, um, paying those Kickstarter like fees. That's a killer. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot that people don't, don't talk about because yeah. it's not something that people know of, like from the consumer end. Like, we're just like, yeah, hey, we support. But right. you guys, as the creators, like, have to do all this stuff on the back end. Yeah. So, like, you know, you're considering all those little, like, incentives and stuff like that. Like, those all have different costs, they have all different shipping. Then there's shipping to everybody. That's another cost. Um, Kickstarter fee, the credit card fee, then taxes. That's another thing. Like taxes are killer. And uh, just all these like for doing a Kickstarter to make it happen is really intense. A lot of, you got to put your business uh, brain in pretty much. Mm. And that's the tricky part because the, the next leg of our trip, once we get it printed and in our hands, is about getting it to people. I mean, besides the Kickstarter people, getting it into bookstores, seeing how to distribute it. Like, we're probably going to distribute it ourselves because we just can't afford to have a distributor at this point. We're not there yet. So, like, you have to think about how you're going to house these things. Where are you going to put them? Do you have any room for them? <laughs> like, if you're living in New York City and you've got, like, one room of bedroom apartment and they kind of that those are your furniture pieces i live that life i know what you mean <laughs> oh i live that life too <laughs> oh, so you know it's just um it's a lot to think about it's very much put your your different brain in and that's not always easy for somebody who might be creative and like want to just produce because then after like you've made your comic which is already like wow you did it holy shit yeah. now you need to put it out there that's a whole nother game and that keeps you from actually doing more artwork more stuff like that so you have to consider it takes time away from you yeah. And it can eat into that because you're now your own producer, your own publisher and all that. Um, so it's, I don't want to be discouraging because there's a lot to it because now you don't have a cut with uh, a publisher. Now you don't have to adhere to things that they want you to adhere to and like where they're putting their money in you know, hidden sources and what all of that, mm -hmm. um, that, that can happen in certain cases. Um, but you have to have a certain kind of discipline to do this. And also like, um, it might be a good idea to also get an editor for yourself, like beyond the typos and all that, somebody to actually come in and say like, no, you know, you're being a little weird in this space. <laughs> you write this a little bit differently. You know, that kind of thing. Like somebody keep you focused and like right and not yeah, just yeah. like indulging you and your whims and stuff like that because you, at the end of the day, you want a good product and you need outside visions to help you sometimes. Yeah. So it's yeah. a lot of that. Um, now, when it came to me coming up with Machina Corpse, like I had come up with this um, 
this banner a long time ago and uh, it's called machina corpse because i can't say machina or machina. <laughs> I, um, I have the same problem the worst <laughs> <laughs> but i like how machina sounds anyway so it's like there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it, does, it does sound it does sound better although you when you said machina was like Oh, I was thinking it looks like Machina, but hey, we're going with Machina. That's all good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's truly Machina, but you know, yeah. no, it's all good. Is, it's it's uh, your brand. You could call it whatever the hell you want. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and people could be like, "Oh, she's kind of stupid, isn't she?" It's like that's okay. It's just Chad. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I'm, a creative, I'm a creative boss. I do what I want. And I'm excited to hear about what made you want to start this company and go out there. Yeah, so like, I, there's always this thought in my head. I've got um, risk problems. Um, so I only have X amount of time that I can actually do work mm -hmm. before they start hurting. Um, so there's always something in the back of my head saying like, this can't last forever. I can't draw forever. Um, I'm getting older. Um, things are just not going to work out in the future. I know it. Um, it's not being pessimistic. It's being realistic. Um, so the idea that I've always had, it's like, wow, wouldn't it be great to have a comic book company and nurture and love all the spooky little people out there, all the misfits, all the underrepresented people like that want to tell stories and like really nurture people who have different styles and, you know, aren't, you know, big two material or something to that effect. Like mm -hmm. people that are just not represented. Like I want to be somebody, I want to be a cheerleader to somebody in the future. I want to put their books out, but first, you know, it, it's also me being like, Oh, you know what? Fuck this all. I've had so many problems with publishers. I mean, like I've had good experiences too. Let's, mm -hmm. let's put that out there as well. I don't want to, you know, poo poo on anybody. I mean, like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Storm King Productions, a fabulous company. I love them so much. They love me. Um, it's a uh, uh, Sandy King uh, Carpenter's uh, company. She's John Carpenter's wife. Um, so they do uh, John Carpenter things and other right. uh, titles like that. So they're wonderful people there and they've always made me feel at home. That's the kind of company I want to be too. So I'm, no, I'm waiting for the sequel for the thing. So <laughs> <laughs> the pro you mean the proper sequel? Yes. No, not that prequel shit. <laughs> <laughs> some of us have some gripes. <laughs> Yes, you know. yes, that's like one of the one of the first things I ever learned about Seabass was his love of the thing. <laughs> yeah. The thing is a great movie. Yeah, you worked with their company. You worked um, on Tales um, from Halloween Night Volume Five. You also worked with Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock. So from projects um, from outside of your own work, um, what are some of the lessons you've learned with working with these companies, and how have you taken those lessons to apply to your projects? That I wanted to be a publisher. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's look like it's, uh, I've had many different uh, experiences. I've seen different things come by. Like Archaea was taken over by different people and like at different points in time. And then they were finally bought out by boom studios. Like I've seen changing of guard. I've seen things happen. And, you know, I won't go into them because, you know, 
that's just how it, it is. is. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I've seen the bad, I've seen the good, and I, I want to be like if Machina Corpse doesn't happen, doesn't work out. You know, we we put out God Machine, and then we're going to try and put out um, Emo Boy afterwards, which is Steve's book. Um, which was originally published by SLG back in the day. Um, so we're thinking about doing that. Um, it, it's on the back burner right now. So that's a, that should be cool. But like, if this all doesn't happen, if this all fizzles out, you know, the grand experiment, I would go back to traditional like publishing and having people publish me, but I still want to hold on to that dream that Machina Corpse will be the place for other voices even if it's not my own, but I got to test the waters. You know, I'm my own guinea pig at this point. You don't want to yeah. bring somebody in. If you don't know what the hell you're doing. Let's all, let's all drown together. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, but that's great. I mean, I, I love the fact that like, you have, you have such a vast experience in this industry. Your, your story is unique. You, you've had this story since, you know, 1999, which I want to ask you about in a bit. But you, you know, you have a successful Kickstarter and you're able to, you know, and you even mention um, what your future will be in helping the next generation. You have all of this industry information that you can just provide to people and you making a effort to be like, I want to bring in people in of different, different backgrounds, different, uh, different minorities, sexual orientations, like all that stuff. I think you mentioned it in the Catch the Case podcast. You're like, I don't want to deal with a cis cisgender white dude like <laughs> and like hey we're all here for it like every cisgender yeah. dude i know has a podcast but hey we're all three minorities so we're a little, <laughs> bit, we're a, we're a little bit different you know but a little bit um but still like the fact that you you own that and what you want to do and all this information that you can provide to these people that may have not had those opportunities is yeah. great and even if this grand experiment doesn't work you still have that reach and potential big, larger network to reach out to those folks when they're, when they're moving on up. So I think you're doing, you're doing the right thing. And I'd love to see it. But I think it's a testament of what you're doing again with um, your company coming up, this company, Machina Corpse. And again, with God Machine, um, and then your art style is just phenomenal. It just really pops. Um, oh my God. It I has love this, it so much. Your, mm -hmm. your art style has this beauty, but yet there's this edginess to it where it's just like, oh, holy there's, wow. And there's then it's so, so many smooth. like, um, I want to say like Tim Burton, but also uh, don't, don't starve that video game don't starve oh, kind of okay. vibe like it has so many i was just like this is dope i would love this like, so give me more so when was it the moment that you realized this is my style i'm going to pursue this style yes. and what were the steps you took to get to that style like um so this goes back uh to childhood to, to now like i'm always kind of evolving um, always adapting and taking things as ev everyone does like you know your influences and whatnot like Disney Warner Brothers like I mentioned Gargoyles like mm -hmm. uh, Batman the Animated Series you know like this stuff like Corp was like my big influences when I was like a younger person and then anime in the 90s like that stuff also influenced me and like totally turned my world upside down and like how I incorporated all of those things together 
And then it was about 1999. Um, I discovered, like, I was like, I'm done with manga. I'm done. Like, I don't want to do superhero stuff. Like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what, what do I want to do? Like, I, I don't, like, I'm lost here. And I, my friend gave me, I feel sick, a story about a girl by Joan and Vazquez. And it opened up my world so much that I'm like, holy shit, I can draw whatever the fuck I want to draw. Oh, wow. Isn't that, a, isn't that like a revelation kind of moment for, for a young person? It's like, oh, there's more than just this. Right. Like you can just like create your own style, your own, like, you know, the, of course there's influences of Jonan and my stuff as well. Like the, the elongated figures, like he, he's most notably for Squee and Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Invader Zim mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. um, but that would influence like a, a little kernel and all of those things, all of those things just kind of mashed up and like became what was the God Machine in two, like 1999, 2000. Okay. And then it evolved because, you know, then I went to college, was studied like fine art, um, did uh, life drawing and whatnot and incorporated like what I started learning about anatomy um, and like all those little things. And also like my painting technique changed. Like I studied painting and I brought that into the fold and just like, brought my fine art background into my comics background. And I've never been one to play by the rules ever. Um, <laughs> my paneling is very different and organic. Um, sometimes it can be boxy, but it's just all over the place. Just like sometimes my pages are like a full blown art piece. Like everything has to make sense altogether rather than just scene, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So um, that's like mid 2000s. Now I'm just getting quicker. Uh, well, that's debatable, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm learning new things and I'm always incorporating that into my style. Um, however, that may be like using different tools. I've gone from the Intuos uh, you know, tablet to my uh, Cintiq that's beside me that you can't see um, <laughs> to my uh, iPad Pro now um, where I do a lot of stuff in. Um, like these are my tools um, and I love them and they always uh, help me improve my game and change the game. But so, uh, so you talked, you briefly talked about how God Machine came up in, in 1999 and you mentioned that you're in high school. So I don't think we got a chance to hear because going through high school, those are always big pinnacle moments in a person's life. What moments during high school influenced you for God Machine, if any? My depression. <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, that's one of the big things. Um, uh, I was very depressed when it came to high school, especially mm -hmm. like my senior year. Um, my mom married a very terrible person and he was pretty abusive. And then I also fell in love with this one guy who wanted nothing to do with me, even though we hung out all the time. Mm. Mixed signals. But anyways, um, so I was kind of a little tortured, tormented soul just a little bit. Um, but also like um, 
uh, high school is definitely involved in the God machine in the beginning. Like it's a high schooler who's going through the throes of, you know, he's just lost his girlfriend, but now there's promise that she's probably alive, but is he just going through depression? He doesn't know. Um, so there's a look. Teen angst, as <laughs> as my friend James Urbaniak says, teen angst. Who was in the promo video? <laughs> I get a kick out of that. I get a kick out of that. But it's like it's uh it's a little bit of tragedy from my own uh, walk of life, you know. Um, just uh, not knowing how to make sense of my own world and how to mm. like actually incorporate that into something and that would be the backbone of god machine um and of course you know high school usual things like people being in love with each other and not being in love with each other etc etc um and yeah and when i was drawing I, I i was going over like what is my next big thing because before i was doing magical girls uh like little comics with like anthropomorphized magical girls and I, it is fun little story but i knew that wasn't what i wanted to do and so i just kept on drawing and drawing and drawing and like just trying to come up with that one character that would spark everything and it wasn't until i got to guy salvador like just drawing this little guy with these black uh, glasses and like triangle hair. I'm like, that's him. That That's my character. And I just kept on drawing him and drawing him. It's like, this is my next thing. And I named him Guy after a uh, guy from Final Fight, but actually it was my uh, Street Fighter Alpha 2 poster on my wall. I'm like, I like that name, Guy. Mm. You want to talk about uh, video games? Yes, I know. I know yes, I know, guy. You know guy. Oh yeah. Yes. You're going to be a guest at Dragon Con this year, September second to September sixth in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and we know COVID really hurt cons last year. There was no cons. Um, how excited are you to get back on the road and see the fans? Talk to them more about um, in person about the about God Machine. Um, please tell us what's going through your head right now about uh, Dragon Con. Yes, no. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, it's a, wow, I can't wait. And then the other part's like, holy shit, there's going to be a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're, um, we're itching to, like, get out the house. It's been a year. Yeah, like, oh, my God. I, I can't wait because I'm also, I'm going to be celebrating my 40th uh, early oh, at nice. Dragon yeah. Con. So nice, I just nice. figured I have a bunch of my friends there so we get to have a little party, a little tiki. Yeah, yeah, go for it. There you go. Hot is a good time. That's right. Your work is not only limited to comics. You've also um, worked as a storyboard artist. You've worked on the Bunky King for Global Productions. So I want to ask you, um, because you know this is a great topic to deep deep dive. Um, what are some of the differences and similarities you see between doing storyboards versus doing sequential art? Okay, so. Storyboards is going to be a little bit more um, like extending out scenes, whereas like when it comes to comics, you're picking like keyframes of animation in a lot of ways, like the core like movement or whatever. Whereas in storyboards, you want to have something like the start of the movement and then putting out there like what the next couple of steps are, so the camera knows where it's going or whoever is going to see this. 
So those are the big things. I mean, it's not too different though. It's, your, it's basically the same idea because you want to have the best movement possible and show like what, you know, the whoever is going to come in and flesh it all out is going to do. So it's very much like animation, I think. I want to thank you for coming on Nerds Around, yes. um, talking to us about God Machine. Let us know who, more who you are, letting people know who more who you are. Um, we, we, we didn't even get to deep dive in the fact that you are a gamer yep. who's big on like, the say Saturn. We touched up on it a little bit. It's like a tip of the iceberg. That's it. You know, <laughs> just, a little bit. <laughs> just, just a little bit. But yeah, no. So guys, make sure um, if you're going to Dragon Con, September 2nd, September 6th. Uh, make sure you look for Chandra Free. Make sure you look for Machina Corpse. Um, and make sure you pick up God Machine. Definitely, again, um, this book is wonderful. The art is wonderful. You have to come out there. If you're not buying it after this interview, um, you guys are dead inside. I'm going to be blunt and say that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're dead inside, this book is going to be even perfect for you. <laughs> there so you, you have a, more like of a reason to yeah. buy it. You have no excuse. Yeah, no excuse. <laughs> you're dead inside. This is it. the book for you. Make you feel things. And, 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 and Jorge, if you're still listening, look, I got the name right. Again, you did? Oh, you brother. We are so proud of you, Seabass. We are so I mean, proud look, I got to, I'm, I'm going to still mess with you. <laughs> he said Jorge instead of George. <laughs> That's right. That was on purpose. It's, it's a Sam thing. If you saw the episode, Sam's like, I call him Jorge. Listen, so, listen he had to sacrifice one name. It was definitely going to be George. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome episode, Nerds Around. Make sure you check out Chandra's links in the um, below. Again, this has been Sebastian. It's your boy Law. And your boy Tone from across the hall. Stay nerdy, guys. guys.